What is it that makes us resist transformation? And I'm not talking about just casually saying no and moving on. I'm talking about full-blown, never happen. You're not going to allow it no matter what. You are going to stay where you are and maintain this status quo, even though you're not happy, you know that it's not the right thing for you, you truly want to do something else. Rather than trying to push through your resistance, I'm going to suggest that you look at what you're resisting because it holds important messages for you. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. We are living in challenging, confusing, and troubling times on a personal and on a global scale. And portals for transformation are opening in every direction. On a personal level, we can feel like we're being forced to accept and adopt changes that we aren't ready for and maybe didn't want. Our resistance to change can be high, and sometimes we refuse it entirely. It's not a character flaw to want to maintain the status quo, But rather than looking at what we are not moving towards, I think it's more beneficial to look at what we are trying to hold on to and why, rather than blame, shame, criticize, and judge ourselves for not being able to release it. Why do we hang on to something even if we know it isn't useful, helpful, or know that the situation or person that we're involved with is not going to change? And we'll go so far as to sabotage ourselves if we venture too far away from the status quo, doing anything to avoid change. Whether we open that portal to change or it is open for us because a situation ends or someone decides they're ready to move on, our resistance to change can surprise us. We can become very feisty when we feel we're backed into a corner and we are convinced that we need to hang on to what we have, even though it isn't working for us, we aren't happy, and we don't see a future in it. There's no way we can explore the benefits of transformation if we believe we aren't willing or ready to make changes. And contrary to opinion, everything we hang on to does serve us. It just doesn't serve us in ways that help us move forward. Instead, it serves our need to be validated, vindicated, to be right, to be acknowledged, to not lose, and to avoid failure. Somewhere along the way, we decided that every situation had to have a positive outcome, that every relationship turns into a happily ever after, 
every ending has to be harmonious and all of the time, effort and energy we put into every person and situation would be rewarded with gratitude and appreciation. When was the last time that happened for you? I'm not being cynical. This is the reality. So why do we resist transformation and hang on to people and situations when our intuition tells us to let go and move on, but we just can't? Or the people who care about us tell us we need to move on and we just can't because we are not finished with that situation and we want our happy ending, validation and vindication. And most of all, we don't want to fail. Notice I didn't say that we want to win because this isn't about winning. It's about avoiding failure. There's a big difference in mindset between wanting to win and wanting to avoid failure. Most of our relationships are not random. We are attracted to people we have unfinished business with. Yes, I'm talking about the karmic relationships and situations that we unwittingly enter into because that attraction is so strong, we cannot resist it or they just walk into our lives one day. This happens for a purpose. It's fate, we think, and it is. This is our destiny to meet this person and go through a relationship with them. We believe it's to heal them because we notice their flaws, their broken bits, their sadness, their fear, and their trauma. It is so obvious to us that they came into our lives so we could make them whole and determined to take on this mission and see it to its glorious, congruent, happily ever after ending. Off we go on our healing journey together. Now, don't limit the word relationship to romance because this applies to every relationship you have. Family, friends, partners, acquaintances, and everyone you meet, as well as every life situation you create, whether it's for five minutes, five months, five years, or a lifetime. It is all based on an attraction that is created by some kind of energy connection which involves the unfinished emotional, mental, and spiritual business we call karma. Meanwhile, our healing journey with our karmic partners isn't going so well. Instead of being appreciated, valued, and praised for our efforts, we get rejected, betrayed, abandoned, abused, victimized, and ignored. So we try harder. We hold on more tightly. We put more energy into the relationship. We give more, we do more, we become more, and push harder. The irony is that what we are trying to hold on to the hardest is our biggest lesson in letting go. We can't let go for a variety of reasons, but here are the four that I have found to be the most common. Number one, you feel that letting go before you're finished, as you define it, is a sign of failure but you already feel like a failure because you are not accomplishing what you believe to be your healing mission and you're afraid to fail if you don't complete the mission. So it's a lose-lose situation for you, no matter how much you try. Number two, you believe it's your mission to heal others and that's the reason you continue to attract these kinds of people and situations in your life instead of those who are whole, complete, and don't need healing. Number three, 
You're trying to heal your own trauma through others, and you believe that if you can heal someone else, you can be healed too. It's your need to have that proof that the trauma can be healed in someone else before you try it on yourself. Number four, you hold significant anger and resentment around your trauma. So you re-traumatize yourself with every situation and every life situation. This is how you show your abusers what they did to you, the consequences of their actions. Your trauma-fueled anger becomes your source of power. This is such an important statement. I want to repeat it because it is the key to understanding why you sabotage yourself or why you re-traumatize yourself. Your trauma-fueled anger becomes your source of power. Unfortunately, it only serves to be a huge block to your own healing and progress. So when do we eventually let go? When the situation becomes so impossible that we simply cannot hold on any longer? When the other person leaves or does something that makes it very clear that we must move on? Or when we lose the toxic job that we have forced ourselves to go to every day? Or when we just get tired? The choice of when to let go is up to us, but it's not a choice we can make lightly when hanging on until we get the outcome we want becomes our green light to success and transformation. If you're seeing yourself in this article, and it applies to everyone in some way, then you know that you hang on for valid reasons. And maybe they're only valid for you, but they're your reasons and that makes them valid. You're not being stubborn or foolish or non-spiritual. You are trying to fulfill a mission you believe is yours to accomplish. Or you're working through some very challenging personal situations that can only be resolved if you do eventually let go. But if this is your source of power, you are going to have to find something else to replace it. Or you're going to find yourself in a very big energy vacuum. As you can see, this is a one-sided perspective because while we're trying to heal someone else, where's the healing for you? And just as an aside here, if you believe it's your soul mission, your life purpose, your life's work to heal other people, then if you let that go and you walk away from it, you've just basically taken away your entire existence, your entire reason for being here, so you think. This is why the release work is so important for you, but also understanding the reason why you're hanging on to things and you're not willing or able to let them go. Often the healing for you is in learning when to let go with grace and dignity and a substantial amount of courage and self-trust. The person you're trying to fix is the mirror of your own wounding and the pain and trauma you notice in them triggers your own pain. I know it isn't easy to admit that you can't change someone, but here's the big secret to getting to the let go point. You can't heal anyone or change their mind or fix them or control their behavior or their energy. And you can't heal yourself if anger and resentment continue to be your power sources. Now, if that knowledge gives you the strength and courage to let go and move on to finally decide that this is the right choice for you, that's a big step in the direction of your own healing and release. 
And if you're wondering how the resistance to letting go manifests, here's a list of the top ways I've seen this happen in my clients over the years. Number one, you still grieve over the one who got away decades ago and you feel you could have worked it out eventually and you should have. For those of you who've had a broken heart by someone that you thought you'd be with forever, believe me, I can sympathize. We all have had that one who got away person or the one where in maybe quiet times or in times where you're feeling just a little bit of a self-pity party happening, you can look back and think, wow, what would my life have been like if I had married that person or if that relationship had continued or if it hadn't broken up? But when we choose those people, remember what I said a few moments ago, they mirror our own energy trauma. This is the mirror of our own healing that we're staring at. So bear that in mind. Number two, you believe that one more time will result in success. So you tolerate bad, abusive, and disrespectful behavior from people. This is a biggie because you feel, oh, it's a mistake. Oh, they didn't mean it. Oh, it's not going to happen again. And then it does. And especially in the case of abuse, you really need to get to the bottom of it and to, to move on. I am very particular about telling clients move on when there is abuse in the relationship. You secretly hope that all of your hard work and effort will be acknowledged someday. And I get this. Nobody wants to put this much effort into a relationship only to have to realize, you know what, I've just been wasting all my time and all my energy. What the heck was I thinking? there does sometimes come a point where you just have to end it, where you just have to go, you know what, it's, it's just not going to work. Let me give you a little example. And this is a cooking example, but it makes sense here. And I think you can relate it to the situation where at some point you just have to say stop. So when my children were young, I used to make this dish that they love called Sloppy Joe's. We always had Sloppy Joe's and French fries on a Friday night. And Sloppy Joe's is made with ground beef, ketchup, some water, some chopped onions, and some chili powder. Now, I make my sloppy joes. I was kind of in a hurry. It was Friday night. It had been a busy week. My children were hungry, so I'm hurrying through the kitchen. I put the food on the table, and they take a bite, and they look at me, and I took a bite. I thought, well, this doesn't taste right. I took another bite. Oh, drank half a glass of water. You're supposed to put a tablespoon of chili powder in the sloppy joe mix, I had put a tablespoon of cayenne pepper instead. There was no fixing it. First of all, because it was so hot, we couldn't even eat it. And I'm not a big fan of spicy food. And children generally don't like spicy food. So I looked around the table, told my children, let's get our coats. We're going to go out to dinner. And we went out to dinner. I had to throw it away. Luckily, I hadn't made a whole lot. But there was no fixing it. There was no way to tone down the tablespoon of cayenne pepper. Generally, when you put cayenne pepper in something, you put maybe an eighth of a teaspoon or just a tiny pinch, especially if you don't like spicy food. There was no way to fix this. And I think at some point in some of these relationships, we have to just look at the relationship, look at the situation and stop trying to fix it. Realize that some things are beyond repair, beyond changing, beyond fixing, and you just have to say, all right, I'm right here. It's over. I'm done. And I'm going to walk away. Number four, all of your relationships and life situations follow the same pattern. 
Now, I don't need to tell you that you already know this. If every relationship you've ever had is the same kind of person, that just they just look different, but they have the same personality, you have the same problems, you get into the same arguments, and the relationship ends the same way. I had a client maybe 10 years ago go through this, and she would meet somebody and call me and say, oh, I met this new guy. Mm, oh, it's not going to end well. And of course it wouldn't. Six to nine months later, sometimes up to a year later, the relationship would end. It would end the same way. It would end badly. She'd call me and I would tell her, see, I told you so. It was the same kind of relationship. And she repeated this pattern for like 10 years. She got to the point where she stopped calling me. And then she would call me when they broke up. And I'd say, well, did this, these things happen? Yes. Well, because you need to do your own healing and stop trying to fix other people. And eventually she caught on. But it took her a while. So we always think that somehow that next person will be different. But if you are going through these healing cycles and you are working on yourself or you are resisting transformation and you know that it's your pattern to try and heal people, one of the ways that this manifests in your life is you constantly choose these people who need healing. And if you look at them objectively, you'll realize it's the same personality, just in a different person. Number five, you believe the only reason someone is in your life so you can heal them. Again, go back to number four, you choose people who need healing, you attract these people and you do it maybe unconsciously, but you really do it on purpose because you want healing. So you try to heal somebody else. And you'll notice that every person who comes into your life needs healing. Oh, because they're just like the person you just broke up with or the person before that or the person before that, which probably resembles one of your parents, generally your father or your mother in your life. Number six, you are secretly angry with yourself for not being able to move on from these situations and yet you also sabotage your efforts to move on. This is one of those lose-lose situations where you're mad at yourself. I should be willing to, I should be able to do this. I shouldn't have so much trouble releasing and yet every time you have a chance to move forward, you sabotage yourself because you're not ready to let it go. You still have work to do on that issue and you're still upset about it or angry or you want validation or any number of reasons. It doesn't matter what they are. They're your reasons. But uh, see where this self-sabotage cycle happens because I can promise you it happens and it happens as part of a cycle. Number seven, you resent the people, person, or situation that you believe you have a mission to heal. You even think that it's their fault you can't resolve the situation. Have you ever had someone in your life and you just give them your all and they don't change, they keep on engaging in bad behavior, maybe they're disrespectful, maybe they are mean to you, or maybe they just don't appreciate you or value you and you just think, well, I don't understand what's wrong with them. And you, you resent them because you really want them to acknowledge you and they won't and they keep on not doing it and it seems like they're doing it on purpose so you just get angry with them it's another sign that you're hanging on to something and it's time to let it go number eight you want validations of your feeling by the people who hurt you so you embrace people and situations who will hurt you one of the things that we do when we resist transformation and we have unfinished business with other people and with ourselves is we will pick literally the carbon copy of the 
set of emotions and the mindset and the behaviors of people who have caused us pain. And we will engage with those people, hoping that somehow they will behave differently, that they will realize, oh, I hurt you. This is so terrible of me. I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. And then they'll treat us really nicely. And it acts as a sort of validation that, yes, we were right. Yes, that person could finally admit that they hurt us. But this is your trauma talking. And trauma is not logical. But it is a way that you manifest resistance. And number nine, you truly believe that if you heal others, you'll be healed yourself. At, the, at its most simple manifestation, this is why you resist transformation. There's something inside of you. There's some deep hurt, deep trauma, deep wound, this longing for validation. You really want to be healed, but you want to heal other people. And aside from needing your own healing, one of the things you want to do is you want to help them avoid being hurt in the way that you were hurt. That's like telling your children not to do something because you know they're going to get hurt. And as soon as you turn your back, of course, they're going to do it. Why? Because, well, they don't believe you that they're going to get hurt because this, what happened to you doesn't apply to them until it does. But it's also your way of like validating your pain. I can help one other person avoid the pain, then my pain has been worth it. All this does is keep you in these endless cycles of bringing in the same kind of person, trying to heal them, trying to fix them, being disappointed, bringing in the next person. It's just a lose-lose situation for you. But it also means that you really haven't dealt with your own pain and your own trauma. And you haven't figured out the message yet or the lesson of that. And you're just not ready to let it go. So when you feel this way, and if this applies to you, explore what's going on within you because then you'll be able to come to terms with it. And it doesn't happen through healing other people either. So what's the solution? Well, I can tell you that it's not forcing yourself to engage in transformation that you're resisting or in resisting the transformation entirely. The solution can't be found in finding yet another person to heal. The solution can be found in surrender, not giving up, but in not resisting either the blocks, the limiters, and your own spiritual, emotional, mental, and energetic needs. There's no rush to transform and move on. And there's no force that can make you do this until you are absolutely sure that it's the right thing for you and you are absolutely ready for it. In the meantime, learn the value of surrender, of giving your own trauma and wounding the attention it needs and deserves in the same way that you give attention to other people's trauma and wounding. Take some time out for some much-needed self-attention, self-care, and self-awareness so that you can learn to understand, appreciate, and value your trauma and its lessons. Give yourself the time to grieve, to think about it, to heal from it that you give other people. When you understand these connections and you no longer seek validation, vindication, approval, and healing through them, then you'll be ready to take on your biggest lesson, letting go and moving on, no matter how many healing opportunities come into your life. You can be content to let someone else take on the challenge as because you have new potentials to embrace and new levels of joy to achieve. 
One of my favorite movies is the movie Chocolat, which came out, I think, in what, the 80s or the 90s. But in that movie, at the very end, when she hears the wind blow and the wind says to her, oh, look, there, it's time to move on. There are new people who need your help and there are new places for you to conquer and there are places that need you. And the heroine of the story says, mm, that's for another person to take care of. And she closes the window. So when you get to the point where you stop resisting your own resistance, you figure out what's wrong with it, you come to terms with it, and you are at that point where you are just ready to just stop, you get to that stopping point, then you can move on and the resistance won't be there because the transformation will look good to you. It will look like the right thing for you to do. It will feel right for you and you won't be sidetracked or distracted by the next person who comes along and says, hey, I need healing. You'll be able to move on because you have your own joy to take care of and that will be your primary concern and that's the value of surrender and not resisting the transformation and letting your own joy become the most important thing in your life. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.